0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Feed Ace Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host, and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. Uh, you know, we hear so many stories of, um, of hardship from people in their experiences uh, throughout our country. We don't hear enough about experiences of the lack of freedom and the persecution that occurs in other countries. And my guest today is Marzi Amarizada. Hopefully I said that correct. Um, A very pretty name. um, An Iranian name. Marzi is an author and a speaker. And she writes and she talks about her experiences, which are incredible, uh, in the country of Iran. Marzi, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Oh, the pleasure really is all mine. And and I think people are going to uh, run out and buy your books and... Um, if they're looking for a speaker, you you want to reach out to Marzi as well, and I'll let you um, share with people um, want, before we close uh, how they can connect with you because I think it's really important. You have a great story, so let's start. Let's start with that. Let's start with where your story began. You, you're from Iran. You're a young woman living in Iran. Uh, tell us uh, the the beginnings.
1: Yes, I'm originally from Iran Uh, for about 30 years. I lived there and I was born just a few months before the Iranian Revolution in 1979. Um, That you know, uh, it toppled uh, the great uh, uh, Shah, uh, King of Iran and brought to power a group of radical socialist Islamists. And since then, we know that, you know, Iranians are suffering uh, because of the lack of freedoms. They lost all their freedoms um, since the beginning of the revolution. And especially uh, women uh, face many difficulties after these radicals came to power because they lost all their rights and they are not equal with men. And uh, there are... Uh, persecution of religious minorities, uh, including uh, Christians, and I'm a Christian, uh, and uh, the Iranian regime has a terrible record of suppressing um, women, human rights, and uh, persecuting religious minorities. Uh, but praise God, uh, even uh, in such a dictatorship country, I found Jesus Christ more than 20 years ago, and, and I became a Christian
0: yeah 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 it's it's so amazing so i just for people who aren't is is familiar with um sort of the geopolitical situation so um in Iran the primary religion is what
1: is islam uh, in Iran when you're born uh in just uh in a few hours you became a muslim because they fill all the documents for you and they take that you are a muslim there is no religious freedom and there is no choice for you
0: okay so that is that is a very difficult thing then to become christian i mean lots of people in america uh find jesus at various stages of their life uh they have a turn they you know they turn their life around and it happens every day. There's, one, there's great stories of it. I've had people on my show talking about that. Y- you found Jesus and became a Christian in a place where, uh, where it's virtually all Muslim and a, essentially a dictatorship. So how did you do that? How did you, What were your influences that m- caused you to become a Christian?
1: Uh, you know, as I mentioned, uh, more than 20 years ago, I found Jesus Christ, and I believe even uh, dictators are not able, you know, to limit God. And mm-hmm. uh, in such a close country that there is no religious freedom, uh, I found Jesus Christ, and I had many experiences, I saw many miracles. It's a long story, but people can uh, read my whole testimony that how uh, I found Jesus Christ. Uh, but it was, you know, from my childhood, if I wanted Wanted to make it brief from my childhood I was very curious uh, about the truth about God and asking lots of questions at school challenging my theology um, teachers who always uh, taught us to obey Sharia law and Islamic rules because there were many questions uh, as a young um, girl in my mind that why I have to speak to my God in Arabic instead of my native language Farsi uh, if I talk to him in Farsi, uh, the God who created me cannot understand me. Uh, why I have to cover myself uh, because it's only for women when they wanted to worship God, pray namas, they had to wear long uh, or white black um a long uh, way in order to be able to worship God and uh, why I have to just talk to him and bend in front of him in just a specific times. And these questions when I was asking uh, that made, you know, my teachers angry and they told me you should just obey uh, the Islamic rules if you want so God to be satisfied and in Islam um, it's all about the punishment and they describe different kinds of tortures and punishments that God would do to us after our death for example if we don't cover our hair uh, God after you know our death God will punish us and will hang us with our own hair and terrible tortures that I could not uh, even as a young girl I could not believe such a thing that's why um you know I showed my objection to these kind of uh, laws from my childhood but still you know since I was thirsty to find the truth I obeyed uh these rules for a few years um but after a while uh after that I became tired and I noticed that this is just religion religious rules and it doesn't make any difference in my life and it's a sort a dream uh, wh- about the white horse and that God revealed his love to me through that white horse and also he revealed the true face of his love to me. People can read those stories in my both books, Captive uh, in Iran and A Love Journey with God, that I shared the whole testimony. And also I, you know, uh, I saw many other miracles. I had the experience of healing and I began to believe in Jesus and the day that um, really changed my um, life was the day that I was baptized by the Holy Spirit. And that day I was able to see Jesus right in front of me for a few seconds. And uh, beside him, there was a large um, throne which was covered with shining gold. And I was praying with, la- with the languages that I never learned and uh that experience was so amazing that changed my whole life and um since then i gave my heart to jesus it wasn't like you know growing up in an islamic country and i wanted to just change the religion and became a muslim many things many miracles happened and god gave me dreams and because of all those experiences um i gave my heart to jesus
0: yeah it's amazing so so 1st your your. A, a, f- a female in a, in a country with Sharia law, right? Yeah. And as if, if that wasn't hard enough and difficult enough, you th- now become a Christian. So once you become a Christian and you start, you actually start you know, practicing and promoting it, handing out Bibles, um, you ultimately were arrested. So take us from there and what happened to you.
1: Yes, after, you know, experiencing the love of God in Jesus and I became more curious about Christianity and in Iran uh, at that time it wasn't possible and that's why I decided to leave the country and in 2005 I went to Turkey and it was there that I met my best friend Mariam Rostampur and from the beginning we became like sisters and god brought us um together for a purpose and after you know finishing some uh theology and leadership courses in turkey we decided to uh, return to the country because we wanted to give this message to our people and um in iran you cannot find um bibles in any bookstores and um that's why you know we prayed and after a few, a few months god gave us a vision to um distribute bibles in the country um and we didn't have any bibles we uh, contacted our pastor who was in london and we asked them to send thousands of um bibles to iran and it was it wasn't easy for them because they had to find an illegal way to smuggle, to print uh, all those Bibles first and then smuggle through some connections. And praise God, after a few months, we received the first few thousand Bibles. And we started our first mission by distributing Bibles all over um, the capital of Iran, Tehran. And also we took Bibles to a few other cities. And uh, I remember we also took some uh, Bibles to the most a religious city in Iran, uh, Qom, uh, and we, um, you know, took Bibles to very famous shrine that thousands of people um, every year go for you know visiting and praying and because we knew that many people come to this place to pray and we thought that's the best place to put some bibles for people to find the truth it was very dangerous it wasn't easy um, because we were women and uh, there are there are many limitations and there were many times that we're, we were so close to get caught Get arrested, and I re- we shared some of those stories in uh, our uh, in uh, our book and uh, captive in Iran, and uh, also we were active. Of, uh no uh, sorry, I forgot to mention that after finishing uh, the first mission, which was distributing Bibles um, uh, we uh, finally we could distribute twenty thousand Bibles uh, in Tehran and a few other cities, and after that, we started uh, other missions like you know having uh, home churches at home, and uh, we were so active by talking um, to people about our faith and finally. Uh, in 2009, um, we don't know exactly who, but uh, some people reported about our activities and we got arrested. Wow,
0: that's incredible. Okay, so, so you get arrested for, uh, and you knew that this was a threat. You knew that this could happen. Is that correct? I mean, as you're distributing Bibles and you're, you're an active Christian, you knew that this was something that could happen, right?
1: Of course, because, you know, in Iran, no one is allowed to talk about any religion except Islam. For example, I remember once we were supposed to take thousands of Bibles to our apartment with uh, a, uh, a connection in Iran, and we were all sitting in a van. Suddenly we stuck in a uh, big traffic and we noticed that police officers are searching all the cars and there were only a few cars uh, in front of us and we were so scared. We knew that if they arrest us with uh, all those Bibles, they would kill us immediately. They wouldn't hesitate to kill us. And um, that's why, you know, the only thing that we could do at that time was praying and suddenly um, a big fight happened between um, a driver and police officers right in front of us. And as a result of that, the police officers let the other cars to go. And that was like a miracle to us. You could see that um, step by step, every time we were doing this, God was with us and he was protecting us.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. So as you're telling me this, all this this story, I'm thinking about those of us here in America and, uh, who maybe uh, you know are embarrassed uh, to voice our opinion if you know our Christian belief, uh, to friends or co-workers we're maybe you know embarrassed to maybe say a prayer at dinner if we're at a restaurant and I, and i'm guilty of it right we stay quiet when somebody says something that's anti-christian or something like that because we're afraid we're afraid of what people think and then you hear your story where you had real fear real serious fear of uh, persecution from your beliefs, not just you know what somebody might think, uh, but but serious uh, consequences to your your beliefs and actions. So, so how were you treated? So you were arrested. You know, it, it it eventually you were you were arrested. How were you treated?
1: Yeah. Before I mentioned that, uh, I wanted to mention as you said. Yeah, I see many people that they have fear and mm-hmm. they feel ashamed to talk about their faith, uh, why we should have fear. Uh, I was living in a, the most dangerous country. And um, even though it was very dangerous to talk about our faith, but uh, we await God and we talk to thousands of people over there. And I, need, uh, I believe we need to be bold in America to talk about our faith. And uh, I don't know if you know, I ran as a candidate in Georgia Uh, for House District 67, and I took that opportunity um, because I was canvassing many homes. I canvassed, like, 10,000 homes alone in my district, and I took that opportunity. Besides sharing about, you know, um, my story, I try to be a witness for God. And um, it doesn't matter what kind of job we have and what we do. I think um, in every uh, where that we are, any job that we have, we can be um, a light for god and to be a witness for jesus for other people mm-hmm. yeah i was um saying that um you know we got arrested in 2009 and um we sent uh to the most um infamous prison uh which is evan prison but before um we sent to evan prison they sent us to um a jail um was there a det- detention center um this is the jail, the same jail that Masa Amini uh, was beaten to death uh, in September, and um, that that's a dungeon underground, a dungeon that no one can see. That you don't um, have fresh uh, air, fresh water to drink. You there is no air, and we had to sleep on a cold uh, concrete floor to cover ourselves. Uh, with wet blankets that were soaked in urine and later we realized that they locked the cells uh the cells doors um at 8 p.m. until 8 a.m. in the morning and some prisoners unfortunately uh they could not control themselves for uh, for 12 hour um period and um, they would throw food at us in that um, horrible um, detention and they uh, didn't give us a plate or spoons to eat and the guards from the beginning, um, they insulted us. And that specific jail is just for prisoners like, you know, uh, homeless women, prostitutes and um, criminals. They send them to that specific jail uh, for um, only a few days, like two, three days. And after that, they would send to send them to the court and the court would decide if um, you get released or go to another prison. But um, unfortunately, they kept us for 14 days. in that um, specific jail because they wanted to put uh, more pressure on us and uh, they didn't um, make any decision uh, for our case. And the first judge that we met, he uh, said, I will make sure to push your case for execution Um, because, you know, one of our charges uh, was apostasy, which is punishable uh, by death under Sharia law. And uh, in that jail, you know, that was, as I mentioned, it was a horrible place. Um, And from the beginning, we just prayed for our release because we didn't want to be there. But um, then we realized that, you know, they were sending lots of uh, prisoners. And we saw that as an opportunity to share the message of salvation with many women who had so much fear and they were hopeless. And it became like a church for us. And praise God, we could share the message of salvation with um, seventy to eighty women in that um, dungeon, and many of them, uh, gave their hearts um, hearts to Jesus. And after that, they send us to Evan Prison. As I said, it's a very um, infamous prison in Iran, and it's uh, famous for arrest, for torturing, raping, executing many innocent. Uh, people and from the beginning, we were witness to many uh, injustices, human rights violations, and um, they, um, for example, one day they, um, we heard that some guards um, raided to um, one of the wards that was close to us and it started beating women. They they wanted to search all the cells and we could hear the cries of prisoners and uh, that, they, that they were beating up. And under Sharia law, men are not allowed to touch women, but in prison for beating prisoners, uh, it was allowed. And uh, we were witness to, you know, other stories that prisoners shared with us. One of our friends and um, one of our cellmates, um, she went to the clinic for getting, um, working there and, um, Later, she realized that they asked her to sleep there um, because she was. they were using her as a um, sex slave for uh, IRGC and government officials who would uh, come to prison for meeting. And when she realized that they are using her for that, she showed her objection and she didn't want to go to the clinic, And but the uh, prison... Um, uh, the officials told her that uh, she has no choice. And they tar- they would target women who do not have anybody outside, no family, no lawyer, and they would use them as sex slaves. And um, also, as I mentioned, I was witness to execution of other prisoners. For example, imagine um, one day they would come to a cell and take one prisoner and um, to the office, and uh, the next day... Uh, she would be disappear. And they usually do not tell you that they are going to execute you. They, uh, As I said, they ask you to come to the prison office and for asking some questions and then they would never come back to the cell. And at midnight, we would hear a call of prayer and we would understand that they executed our friends. Uh, And still, until today, when I hear Azam, a call of uh, prayer, that resonates killing of innocent people to me. And they executed one of uh, our best friends, Shirin Alam She was a Kurdish girl. She was against the government. They brutally tortured her uh, for months. And finally, they hanged her. They didn't uh, give her body back to her family and no one knows uh, where her grave is located. And uh, I wanted to, you know, share a little about the situation right now. You know, what I experienced uh, in Evan Prison was horrible. And again, uh, you know, we took it as an opportunity to share the message of salvation with many uh, prisoners. We changed Evan Prison to our church. We try to show them who Jesus is by our behaviors rather, uh, rather um, you know, instead of, um, um, you know, showing the same reaction, we try to uh, pray for them, to be nice um, with them, even though some of them insulted us from the beginning because of our faith in Jesus. And inside of in prison, um, we were inside another prison because, you know, all prisoners um, were allowed to use some facilities in prison but we were not allowed because of our faith, and we were locked in our cells all the time. But still, well, you know what I experience uh, in Evin prison compared to what's happening right now in Iran, uh, I believe it's nothing. Um, and I, when I read the news, it um, reminds me all those dark days that I experienced and I know exactly what's happening in prisons because I was witness to human rights uh, violations, um, you know, torturing prisoners, execution, and many other things. It was um, 2009 during the Green Movement that um, they arrested many prisoners at that time. And I... Mm-hmm. Was witness to torture of those uh, prisoners, and I know that um, after the second revolution started um, in Iran in September, led by uh, women, as a result of masseramizde, they arrested more than twenty thousand people. They um, killed over seven hundred people in the streets, and they um, executed a few people and still there are many people who are waiting for their execution and believe me the numbers that you are hearing in the news it's not the true number Mm -hmm. I was there and I know the number is much more than that for example in 2009 when I was in prison I heard from other prisoners who were working in prison that they were witness to a pool Full of death, body of um, those uh, many people that they were killed uh, in Evan Prison because there is an, a, se- a separate building in Evan Prison. Uh, it's called Two Hundred Nine. They transferred us for in that section for um, about forty days uh, for interrogation. It's just a solitary cells. You can't um, see anywhere because most of th- most of the time um, when you wanted to go to restroom. Um, or for interrogation you are blindfolded and um, we would hear the voice of other prisoners who were uh, torturing every day they were shouting they were crying and it was like a mental torture for us uh, because you know we expected them to come to ourselves and take us for torturing raping whatever you know anything could happen to us but praise god um, we were not tortured physically or raped because um, because of lots of international pressure as um after we got arrested, our sisters talked to our connections outside in Iran and they started advocating for our case and like, you know, um, protesting um, in front of embassy in UK and Amnesty International got involved. Pope, Pope from Vatican sent a letter to government and many Christian organizations started advocating for us and as a result of all those pressure um you know they started changing their behavior with us and I believe um one of the reasons that today I'm alive is definitely because of God's grace and his miracle but second uh it was because of the international support um from all around the world um that um helped us to to get released from prison
0: yeah, it is. That is just so amazing. And like I said in the beginning, uh, you know, we here in America, you know, could sometimes be afraid to show our faith and uh, and express it for fear of other what other people think or say or whatever. And, you know, again, you, you had very real serious fear. And so did other people, obviously, uh, who were who were mistreated and severely so you end up coming to America we, we don't have a whole lot of time I, I like to keep my my shows to 30 minutes uh, but we could we could keep talking for a really long time but people if you want to know more about um, Marzi's story and her situation uh, you definitely need to get her books uh, um, I'm if you're watching on video I'm scrolling the titles and you'll see her name so you could look up Uh, the titles and her name and get these books, give it to, uh, you know, buy one for someone else as well. Uh, There's, these are wonderful and and you really got to share these. So I want to ask about your experience in America. We could talk for another hour just about this, but I want to ask you what you see here in America. Obviously we don't have people being arrested for being a particular religion People aren't being tortured uh, or, or killed because of or their religion, but we do see a lot of infringement upon uh, religious liberties, specifically Christianity and their beliefs. Um, tell me what you see and what you think and feel about the state of freedom of religion in America.
1: Yeah, honestly, when I moved to the United States, I was so happy that I'm uh, living in the greatest country in the world. And I thought that I will have all my freedoms here uh, without being suppressed and we will have a free and fair election. Uh, but later I realized that um, this is not true. Um, and I experienced that, especially the re- Regarding our religious freedom, I voice um, was, was suppressed uh, many times. Um, and I, as I mentioned, I ran as a, a candidate for House District 67. Um, and one of the reasons that I wanted to run beside, you know, God leading me to in this path, um, I came from a country that I lived under a dictatorship country for about 30 years. And um, I experienced a lot. And um, America now is my home. And I, uh, in 2016, when I became an American citizen, I was so happy that for the first time I can vote. Uh, but what happened in tw- the 2020 election, that was shocking to me. And um, there were many news about, you know, what happened in our election. And also I myself had a dream about, you know, uh, what happened um, but besides that, that's, you know, these news make me um, very concerned about our elections, because I know um, that when we don't have a voice, um, so our freedoms um, are gone. Uh, in Iran, people, for example, do not have free and fair election. They uh, cannot choose a candidate that they like. And if you challenge an election fraudulent, you will be sent to jail. Um, but you know, in 2021 uh, um, uh, 20, uh, that um, God led me to run as a candidate, um, I, I myself experienced that in my own campaign. Uh, for example, I made a campaign ad and uh, by sharing my story by um, warning America, Americans about you know what's happening in our country. And the first day, my campaign ad got, like, um, on YouTube, it got, like, 70% view. And uh, we became so happy that people are watching my campaign ad. But the next day, they took it off. And when we asked them why you did that, they said, we need some documents, <coughs> excuse me, to make sure that your campaign is legit. That was, you know, um We couldn't accept such a thing and we sent all the documents, but still they kept it pending and they didn't allow me, uh, my campaign. They didn't allow my campaign out to be seen by people anymore. And there are other times that, you know, I noticed that uh, on social media, they suppressed my voice and I wanted to tell people that, um, we don't lose our freedoms in one day. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. uh, it's going to happen gradually and little by little, and it has already started. And I experienced that, and I see that. That's why, you know, as an American, I feel responsible to stand up and to do something. That's why the reason that I share my story uh, is that to... Um, To tell people, look at me, I came from a country that I experienced all those things. We need to be vigilant. Uh, We need to feel responsible about the future of our country. Um, Iranians lost their freedoms for more than 40 years because they didn't stand up. Majority of them didn't stand up. They didn't do anything. And um, my audience mostly are Christians. And I, when I talk to some of them, unfortunately, I see some of them say that um, they are not uh, politicians and um, they don't want to get involved. But um, I always tell them that uh, that's not true. You know, politics is part of our life. It's because of the government's policies. They make decisions for the future of our children. They, um, Their policies affect, our daily life so being a christian is not just about reading bible going to a church we have a responsibility Um, because if we are not vigilant if we do not stand up for our faith our values and great principles that made this country great we we will uh, experience the same thing and persecution will come here and i believe it has already started because i uh, I experienced that many times. That's why you know I share um, my message with people, with Americans in order to help them to see um, you know, I'm just an example to mm-hmm. to wake up and to do something.
0: Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent i I can't add any more to that that was so perfectly said about how we take our our freedoms for granted. How, you know, people want to shut us up and, you know, regardless of what you think about the 2020 election, people have the right to talk about it. People have the right to ask questions, investigate. Uh, People have the right to do that. So regardless of what you think or feel, regardless of who you vote for, we should all want freedom of speech, freedom of religion, free and fair elections and transparency uh, 100 percent because we will – As you said, uh, tyranny doesn't happen overnight. It happens gradually. And and I think we're seeing the types of things that cause ultimate tyranny. So really, really well said. Um, uh, Marzi, where where can people connect? Can they connect with you and uh, get your books?
1: Um, They can find my books on Amazon, um, both books, Captive in Iran and A Love Journey with God.
0: Excellent. And um, if you're looking to connect with Marzi on social media, you could just look up her name um, on the various social media platforms and follow her there. Uh, really great content. And you, you could, uh, um, if you're listening and not watching, so you don't see the titles of the books, uh, you could just, again, search by her name. Um, her name will be in the title of this episode. So you could just get, get the spelling there. Um, But uh, really, really one of the best and most interesting and inspiring conversations I've had with with my guests, Marzi Amarizada. a really fantastic story. Everyone, please connect with her and um, hear more about her story. So, Marzi, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much, Jerry, for having me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. And thank all of you for listening to this episode of Fides Podcast. Please check out all my different podcasts and all the different podcast apps on YouTube, on Rumble, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on com. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.